Welcome to the Real Estate Official Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest. But first, let's say a quick thank you to our sponsor. International Coffee Farms grows and sells specialty coffee from Boquete, Panama. Their specialty coffee sells for a premium to the commodity coffee at auction. And as a landowner, you would benefit from those high prices the idea of a safe, diversified, cash-flowing offshore investment is intriguing to you, check out International Coffee Farms at internationalcoffeefarms.com. That's internationalcoffeefarms.com. We are back. Here on the Weekend Edition, we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. We have a great guest all the way from Toronto, Canada, Andy Tran. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So Andy, you specialize in building what are called legal secondary suites. Let's start, maybe give me a little bit of your background in terms of how you even got into this particular line of specialty. Sure. I uh, started out uh, as a home inspector back in the uh, the mid-2000s. I worked for a, a company called Carson Dunlop in Toronto where we were doing a lot of home inspections in the downtown core where you, where you did have a lot of these illegal, illegal secondary units, uh, basement apartments. And my clients would always be asking me you know, is this something I can rent out? Is it legal? Do I have any issues with the city? And I didn't have the answers. I could only refer them to their realtor or their lawyer, and they were not able to get the information they needed. So I felt that there was an opportunity for me to become educated and learn about the process. And so in 2009, I actually bought my own primary residence and I went through the conversion legally. Um, The city was surprised when I actually applied for the permit because not that many people were doing them legally back in 2009. And, uh, after that, uh, I, learned th- I learned the process and uh, ap- applied it into a consulting business, and I turned it into a full-time business uh, about three years ago. Amazing. Why don't you take a moment and define what that means first for the listeners? Absolutely. Now, secondary suites is sort of a catch-all term that we use mostly in Canada to define uh, anything that's sort of self-contained, that has uh, a, uh, uh, its own Uh, facilities for somebody to be able to live there. So your kitchen facilities, your bathrooms, bedrooms, uh, potentially its own laundry. Uh, There's a ton of other names that's used to describe secondary suites. Uh, In the U.S., they're more referred to as accessory dwelling units. And we do use that term here in Canada as well. But it is very specific to um, each particular city in terms of how they define it. Sometimes they'll call it an in-law suite or a nanny suite. Uh, or a, a second unit. So it really is just uh, semantics. Um, but essentially, it's a, uh, a unit that is within the primary property that has its own facilities. Now, this particular strategy, now you're based in Toronto. Toronto is obviously a very high value market. And from folks that I've talked to in that market, secondary suites are extremely important for people just from an affordability standpoint to bring in additional income stream, maybe use some of the real estate to offset some of the cost of home ownership. What's been your experience? Uh, That's correct, Victor. So in Toronto, secondary suites or basement apartments, the majority of them are are basement apartments, they uh, have existed for a very long time. I mean, way before even bylaws were put in place back in the 90s. Um, The only thing is that they were never legal, they were never done properly, and they still are to this date. The vast majority of them uh, have not been done properly. And for the most part, in a market like Toronto, um, a lot of the the basement apartments and second suites that are rented out are rented out by the homeowners who are living there. So uh, generally speaking, they're sort of keeping an eye on things. 
they're not having issues really with neighbors. So uh, because they perhaps know their neighbors and they're sort of keeping things under control. And also because uh, Toronto is a relatively under-resourced city in terms of tax revenue, they don't do a lot of enforcement. That's a little, that's a little bit different from some of the peripheral cities around Toronto. Uh, where uh, they do have an active municipal enforcement. So they do knock on doors. If they see a bin there, they kind of want to see what's going on. Um, and especially if you're a, uh, a an investor uh, where you are going to buy a home and divide it into two units and rent each one of them out, uh, that's when perhaps you know the neighbor across the street may not like that. And especially if the tenants are not responsible, maybe they're leaving garbage out there and it's an eyesore or they are, you know, parking their vehicles everywhere. It's just a simple phone call for that particular neighbor to make to the city. And then the city is forced to sort of open up a file and follow up. And uh, a good percentage of my business is actually uh, people who've actually been already uh, received that call from the city or that knock on the door. So what you focus on is taking those illegal secondary suites and helping those homeowners, maybe those investors, converting them, I'm assuming, into legal secondary suites. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. So essentially, we, uh, we make it uh, uh, ineffective for the neighbor to complain. Well, they can still complain, but uh, it's not, uh, there's nothing that can be done other than to advise the tenants to uh, you know, clean up their garbage and not park their cars in front of people's houses. Right, right. Walk us a little bit through the the business case, the economics, because you're not doing this for a hobby. Obviously, this has got to make business sense. Uh, talk us, walk us through the economics of it. Sure. So, if you look at the market, uh, perhaps uh, you know five to ten years ago, you could buy a single family home, you can buy a townhouse or a single detached home, and rent it out. Uh, and after all your expenses, mortgage, uh, some of the utilities property maintenance, property management, you can still cash flow several hundred dollars. So when I did that back in 2010 with my investment property in Hamilton, I was able to do that. And as the years progressed, I mean, we all know real estate prices have just skyrocketed. And so from an investment standpoint, people were not able to get cash flow. And with the second unit, uh, they are adding in that additional income. So they're not able to rent out the upper unit on a two-unit house for as much as maybe an entire house, but then that would be more than supplemented by their secondary unit. So from the business case standpoint, the question is, that investment into that secondary unit, is that going to cover the, uh, the uh, that cost? Is that going to be covered by the additional uh, monthly revenue? And because we've done uh, over 100, 100 of them in the past couple of years, that answer for me uh, and my clients is yes. Amazing. So it's one thing to do a single property, to run the numbers, to go source all the materials and the general contractor and so on. It's quite another thing to scale up and start doing a business like this on a volume basis. How did you make the transition from doing a couple of units on your own to scaling the business and having it run almost independently of you? Because I guarantee you're not doing this on your own with that, with that amount of volume. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, that's that's nearly impossible to do. I mean, after a few properties, you'll 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 probably run out of capital, right. and uh, so the in terms of that volume is is all service based business for my clients, right? So we've I've gone through the process, so I don't have uh, a stake in those properties. Okay. Um, my intention is for my own investments, and in which I do have uh, uh, currently, uh, in terms of some development, is to actually be able to add that in and make that as part of the business case as well. Amazing. If people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Uh, they can find me on my website, 
Uh, so that's uh, sweeteditions.com. That's spelled S-U-I-T-E, editions.com. Andy, great having you on the show. And for the listeners at home, if you maybe have a property that you're looking to add a secondary suite or an in-law suite, feel free to reach out to Andy, give him a call, and he would be a wealth of information. You know, working with the city is so critical to get this done properly. And it, by the way, there are many cases of insurance not paying out when there's a, an issue on a property and it is an, an illegal secondary suite. So it's not just important from a compliance standpoint, but also from an insurance standpoint. In the meantime, have a great rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.